If you would turn in your Bibles to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 11. Found on page 970. Matthew 11, starting at verse 28. Here are these, I'm sure, very familiar words. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I recently read about a woman who wanted to go to jail. You heard me correctly. She wanted to go to jail. Maria Bruner was tired of her lazy husband and demanding children. Her husband had been unemployed for a number of years, so it was up to her to support their three children by cleaning people's houses. Despite Bruner's husband being unemployed, he still managed to rack up nearly $5,000 in parking tickets using Maria's car. Problem is, he never told her about the tickets. He just kept them a secret, and they kept piling up. Because of the unpaid tickets, a warrant was put out for Maria's arrest. She was sentenced to either three months behind bars in the town of Poing, Germany, or she had to pay the bill. But Maria says, I've had enough of scraping a living for this family. As long as I get food and a hot shower every day, I don't mind going to jail to get some rest. The police said that when they went to arrest Maria, she seemed really happy to see us. (laughs) and repeatedly thanked us for arresting her. The article stated that while most people taken into custody, they cover their heads in shame, not Maria. She was waving to everybody as she was going to jail. You think Maria needed some rest? I sure think so. How many of you enjoy listening to uh, Handel's Messiah around Christmas time, or at least the, the Hallelujah Chorus? I know it's something that I, I, I love to listen to. I think especially because um, after my wife and I got married, we, we sang in a choir for uh, a number of years, and it just it means something special. But what do you think it would be like, though, to listen to Handel's Messiah, and if there was no pauses or rest in, rest in the entire piece? No rests. It just kept going on and on and on. I think after a while, you'd get tired of listening to it. It would be too busy. See, we need those pauses, we need those rests, because it slows us down and you can enjoy the music and, and, and you can see how the solos blend with the mass choir and, and how the instruments fill in those empty spots. and It just makes the, 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 the music all the more meaningful. I think as Christian, Christians, we need that rest too, don't we? We can't always be go, go, going. But we need to find time to rest in the Lord. On on the Sabbath day, for sure, but each and every day. I mean, that's what devotions are, right? It's like a mini rest, where we can just slow down for a minute and refocus our eyes on the Lord, remind ourselves of who's really in control, where our strength comes from. I'm sure you've probably talked to somebody who really knows how to talk. Have you ever met somebody like that? Almost speed talks. 
What's it like as a listener listening to someone who just talk, talk, talks, talks? After a while, you, 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 your brain starts to hurt, right? Because you need a pause once in a while. And, and, and sometimes you want to be able to say something. Share your opinion, share your thoughts, maybe comment. Silence is okay too. That's how God created us. We need rest. A couple years ago at the Moody's Pastors Conference, I heard that 1,500 pastors a month, 1,500 are dropping out of the ministry. 1,500 pastors a month. They get discouraged and tired and weary and and become like that recurve bow bow that I I mentioned last week. When it's always strung tight, it, it starts to affect the limbs after a while. And you've got to release that tension if you want to keep your bow in, in good shape. And it's the same for us. Maybe this morning that describes you. You're feeling weary and heavy laden. And you really haven't rested like you should. And you just feel worn out. Well, there's good news for you. It's found in God's Word. God doesn't want us to have to struggle like we do in life. That's why God gave us Sabbath rest. And we experience that rest in part now, but one day we're going to experience it in all its fullness when we're with the Lord forever. You know, it's so easy to try to find contentment and rest in the things of this world, but there's no way that it can fill that emptiness inside you. It's no way that it can give you rest. Because our rest is found only in the Lord. It's a gift from God. That's what makes these words in Matthew 11, I think, so enduring to us, so meaningful. Because we need those words. And when we hear, we hear them, it's like an invitation. It's like a gift that we, we, we want to embrace. We, we desire for ourselves, but sometimes we don't know exactly how to go about doing that. And Jesus tells us, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Each week in, in, in worship, each day in our devotions, we, we, we do experience some of that rest. And, and again, I, I just encourage you to be faithful in, in doing that. When your hand is always on the plow, and you're always working, sometimes you need a break. You've got to step back. We need to rest. We need to recharge our spiritual batteries because it's so easy to get worn out. I was surprised to learn this past week that the Chinese pictograph for busy is composed of two characters. The character for the heart and the character for killing. And so in the Chinese language, what they say about busyness is it kills the heart. When you're constantly busy, it kills the heart. That's true for us as well. And Satan wants us to be busy. He wants to fill your days. He wants to fill your weekends, especially the Sabbath. Because if he can keep us tired, if he can keep us weary, then it's hard to serve the Lord. So what is this gift of rest that our text describes for us? And again, how can we make it our own? And the first thing I want to mention to you is 
Jesus says, come to me. Jesus says, come to me. Jesus says, this is where rest is found. It's not out in the world. It's found only in me. It's not found in in a religion. It's not even found at the beach or in a boat fishing, despite how enjoyable those things are. That's not what gives us rest. Our rest can only be found in the Lord. It comes through relationship with Christ. And that's why he says, come to me. Come to me. It's an invitation. I mean, our world tries to tell us there's hundreds of ways that you might find rest. But it's a lie. There's only one. And it's found in the Lord. Come to me, Jesus says. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Come to me. When I bought a used outboard motor for my boat a couple years ago, the, the, the owner's manual told me that I needed to put premium gas in it. But now I'm pretty smart. Now I could put kerosene in there, right? I mean, that's pretty powerful. Or how about some white gas? Diesel? No. You've got to put premium gas or regular unleaded, unleaded. But we have to follow the instructions, don't we? We have to do what it says. If you want your engine to last a long time, it's the same with us. We need that rest. That's how God built us and made us. Needing rest, it's a creation principle. We looked at that a couple weeks ago. And Jesus is our Redeemer. He's able to offer us that rest. And it can only be found in a relationship with Him. You know, it's really not so complicated. Jesus says, come to me. And when you come to Jesus, he gives you a rest that this world never could. A rest that is deep. A rest that we experience in our souls, and our hearts, in the deepest parts of us. It's a rest that enables us to serve, enables us to love, enables us to look out and, and care for our neighbors. It's a rest where it helps us refocus our eyes on Jesus. A day to worship Him and thank Him for all that He's done for us. You know, notice Jesus doesn't say, maybe I'll give you rest. Or hopefully, I'll give you rest. But it's His promise to us. I will give you rest. Come to me, though. That's what the cross is all about. It's our salvation. It's our rest. But to experience, experience it, we've got to go to Jesus. It's got to be found in a relationship with Him. One that's growing. One that's nurtured. Where we're, we're being nurtured. Our, our, our souls. Our spirits. But while these are beautiful words in our ears... I also hope you can hear the urgency in what Jesus says. Because that word is kind of special, that word come. It's not just kind of a a neutral word, but it's a word that's very emphatic. Come, Jesus says. Come to me. 
It's the idea of a parent seeing their, their child about to get himself into, into danger or herself into danger. And so they say, come, come here. That's the idea here. But it's said very lovingly. Jesus says, I know what's best for you. I created you. Come to me. So that you might experience my rest, my joy, my peace. They all go hand in hand. Who is Jesus calling to himself and offering his rest to? Our passage says, for all those who are weary and heavy laden. In the Greek, the word heavy laden, it, it carries the meaning of, of a ship being overburdened. Being out in the, in, in the water, out in the ocean, whatever. And, and because it's so weighed down, it's in jeopardy of sinking. You ever felt that way? When the burden of life, of ministry, of your family, of your marriage, of your kids, of work, of just the problems that you experience, you ever felt like it's just weighing down on you and pushing you down and you just feel sometimes like you're going to sink? That's who Jesus wants to come to him. Both when we're feeling great, but also when we're feeling heavy burdened, to come to him and lay our, our burden down at his feet. And while we said last week that this gift of grace, it, it can't be earned, we sure don't deserve it, yet what do we need to do to receive it? And that's the curious thing about this, these couple of verses. It, it, it almost seems to contradict what the message of these verses is all about. Because Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you? Jesus, we're trying to get rid of our yoke. If we take your yoke upon us, then aren't we going to be just as burdened as we were at the very beginning? It almost seems contrary to what makes sense. How can placing on our necks a heavy yoke, something like you would put on an oxen, how, how can that be a good experience. Isn't that a burden? Wouldn't that be awkward and, and heavy? You would think so, but it's actually just the opposite. Think of the prodigal son. He wanted to free himself of his father's yoke, and so what did he do? He ran off to that far-off country. But after he spent all his money and he realized his friends weren't his friends, what did he do? He returned home. He returned home because he wanted the yoke of his father's love. He needed the yoke of his father's love. Or you can also think of a yoke being like this, almost like scuba diving. Between you, um, before you get into the water, you, you put on that, that tank. And that tank is a little heavy, and it's awkward. And when you're walking around the boat or walking on the, um, the, the pier, it, it, it's cumbersome. It almost affects the way you, you can move around and makes you want to fall over. But once you get in the water, it's completely different, isn't it? Suddenly that thing that was a burden, suddenly it becomes something that it, it gives freedom. You can go wherever you want out in that water. You can go down deep. 
It gives you the, the freedom you need to, to move around. That's how it is with God's rest. It brings us light. It brings us joy. It blesses all who are willing to embrace it and make it a priority in their lives. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. How do we learn about God? How do we learn about his will for, his will for our lives? And isn't it by resting in the shadow of the Almighty? By filling our hearts and minds with his word? Times like this in worship? Devotions? Spending time with other Christians? Those are all times that encourages us. It helps us make the Lord a priority in our lives and it teaches us to walk in obedience when we fill our hearts, our, our lives with His Word. And that means the more that you seek God, the more you spend time with Him, naturally the more rest you're going to experience. That Sabbath rest. A rest, again, that will have in our, its fullness in heaven, but, which we have in part now, but we can have more of it as we focus our eyes on the Lord. Our text says you will begin to find rest for your souls when you give to Jesus all the burdens of your heart as well as the sins that weigh you down when you bring everything to Him. You can bring your failures as a husband or a wife or as a mom or a dad or as a child. You can bring them all before the Lord. And know that he'll take that burden from you. That there's forgiveness. Forgiveness for those sins that you've committed, that you've struggled with for years and years, that just seem to keep hounding you. There's forgiveness in the Lord. And we're willing to let those burdens go and lay them at the cross and walk in a different direction. He wants you to experience his rest. You could say, really, you know, for Jesus to give us his burden, to place his yoke upon ourselves, it's kind of like what someone who jumps out of a plane does with a, with a parachute. Now that parachute, again, seems kind of bulky, and, but what a wonderful thing when you're falling to the earth and you hit that ripcord and that chute pops out. Keeps you safe, doesn't it? Keeps you, brings you safe to the ground. It's the same way with the yoke of Jesus. When we're willing to put it upon ourselves, instead of it being a burden, it's actually a blessing. Giving us guidance, showing us what to avoid and where we should go. Like you could say, Jesus' love, it opens over us like a parachute and it keeps us safe now it would be easy when reading this passage to think in your mind that yeah this is really something that we all got to do alone got to carry that burden burden for the Lord got to make it to heaven that's not exactly what our, our, our text is telling us though it's not about doing it alone 
It's about taking my yoke upon you and learning from me. How do we do that? Well, the idea that's being presented here is not that you carry it alone, but Jesus is going to be in the yoke with you, carrying it right alongside of you. And as he carries it with you, he's going to teach you what to do and what not to do, how to live your life, how to walk in obedience so that you might experience even more of the Lord's joy, more of his peace and his rest. Do you know that when they're training a new ox, they usually don't put two young ox together. They usually take an old ox and and, and pair it with a young ox. And, And that pairing actually helps that young ox know what to do. He follows the lead of the older one. Because if you leave a young ox to himself, he's going to pull himself to death. He doesn't know how to pull and, and share the weight. But when you have an older ox, he can help teach the younger one all those things. And the only way we're going to learn from Christ is if Christ is there and we're abiding in him. As you labor for the Lord, Christ promises to pull with you teaching you how to be patient in suffering, how to walk humbly before Him, how to put your trust in Him, but how to allow His joy to become your strength. And as holy habits begin to form and you mature in your faith, it's then that we have an opportunity to mentor those around us and teach them how to lay their burdens down and put upon their shoulders the yoke of Christ's love. Let me read our text again, but this time out of the message, which is kind of a paraphrase of the Bible. But I I, I think the way they put it really drives the point home. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest, Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythm of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and to live lightly. One day when Jesus returns and he calls your name, we're going to enjoy that Sabbath rest forever. But until that day, Christ promises to continue to refresh you and to walk with you and help you carry that load that he's given you. You don't have to do it alone. You don't have to do it in your strength. He gives you his Holy Spirit. But we have to turn to him. We have to look to him and stop trying to do things on our own. Each Sabbath as you... Each Sabbath that you get to to celebrate, you're you're really getting a little foretaste of heaven. Think of the Sabbath as being like a God-given snow day. Roads are closed. You really don't need to go to the store. And you've been given permission to just rest and be with your family and enjoy God's good gifts. It's a day to delight in, a, a day to enjoy the freedom that you've been given in Jesus. And so it's a day to worship Christ. And again, refocus your eyes on Him. Because when we go through this world and as we go through our weeks, we we can so easily get caught up in the little things around us. And we need that time of refocusing. 
Reminder of why we're here. Sunday is God's gift to you. Guard this day and, and the rest that God wants you to enjoy. Guard it. Don't let anything steal it from you. And for all who are willing to walk in obedience and keep the Lord's day holy, God promises to bless you in ways that you can't even begin to imagine. I'm going to close by uh, reading Isaiah 58, verses 13 and 14. Isaiah 58, 13 through 14. This is God's promise to you. And I encourage all of you to, to claim this and make it your own. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and, and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. In other words, it's my promise to you. Are you ready to claim it? Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for the rest that is ours in Christ Jesus. Lord, a rest that we don't deserve, purely a gift of grace from you. Forgive us, Lord, when we're so busy that we think we've got to carry that busyness into the Sabbath. Lord, forgive us when we think that doing things for you is more important than just being with you, spending time with you, building that relationship with you. Lord, I pray each of us might look at, Lord, how we spend our, our Sabbath. And we just pray that we might observe it in a way that is pleasing to you and that will draw us closer to you. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Leaning on.